0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please, Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing, World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listener, gog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers.
0: Welcome to the Man City Show with Sarah Messenger in the chair. So a week that started with Manchester City fans still dreaming of a quadruple, allegedly, has ended with thousands of us taking to social media to condemn the club's decision to become a founding member of the European Super League. As someone once said, a week is a long time in football. It's been a week when we've managed to celebrate our 127th birthday win a quarter-final, lose a semi-final and prepare for a final. But most importantly, it's been a week when the club lost the fans. So with so little to talk about, it's fortunate I've got three excellent guests to help me pad the next 40 minutes or so. So welcome to David Blakeney. Hi, Sarah. Hello, David. And to Graham Reid. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Graham. And last but not least, Spencer Debson. Hi, Graham. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hello. So, not where I would have ideally wanted to start in a week that's been eventful for other reasons, but I think we need to start with the European Super League, which is dominating not just social media, but the news, politics, the world it feels at the moment. And just, I just want to start by just getting your reaction to the news and and obviously particularly City's decision to be part of the founding members. So, um, Spencer, do you want to start us off? How, what was your reaction to the news?
2: Oh, thank you for your kindness, Sarah. I don't know <laughs> what to say. Um, well, I mean, we were all minding our own business, weren't we? Sort of reflecting on the uh, the, the goings on uh, in the in the last couple of games, uh, the highs and the lows of City, and then we're we're presented with this absolute sledgehammer, um, and also to boot that our beloved team is 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 part of this going forward, European Super League. And I've been reading the statement on, on the website today and it, it's, it comes across, it's certainly a very definitive statement. Uh, we've all read the news headlines about uh, Agnelli and, and the fact that he's uh, jumped ship to, to to sort of chair this. Um, and we're all just assimilating the information, but certainly I think uh, speaking and, uh, uh, as sort of city fans of a certain generation, uh, you know, we grew up, you know, walking the streets uh, through the terrace housing to Main Road. We love uh, the grassroots nature of football, the fact that we've been there through thick and thin, the highs and lows. And we don't like the, 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 the sort of sense that uh, the big teams, including our own, have been taken over by American and Middle Eastern owners. And that, uh, you know, there's a, then a, a, a disconnect with uh, the fan base. Uh, And so we are absolutely reeling from this uh, happening. Uh, And, you know, I was listening to David Bernstein today. He was saying, you know, is this a sophisticated negotiating tactic? Is there more going on here? Uh, I'm sure we'll find out as we go forward. But the initial reaction uh, is one of absolute horror.
0: Yeah, I think that's a sentiment that many City fans share. And I think you captured the emotion of all of this in in what you just said, Spencer. Graham, how do you feel? I'm guessing you're probably going to articulate similar views there's not an awful lot
3: more to add to that I mean I've been
0: I've been in the car most of the day listening to talk sport
3: and I don't think I've had one message from any fan of any club at any point say anything positive about it and I think that you don't sometimes you come on the podcast and we can all disagree it must be but I don't think it's ever happened where every member of every club all has condemned it and what Spencer uh, has put there is uh, not much more to add. It's just it's a disgrace, really.
0: Yeah. D- David, I I, I want to, to come back to something Spencer said, which, as you give your views, which was, you know, the point about American and Middle Eastern owners and so on. And, and, of course, as City fans, we feel like we hit the jackpot when Sheikh Mansour bought the club and we've had the most amazing, what, 11-year ride to... 12 years, in fact, more than that. Um, But, you know, it's been a fantastic period and we wouldn't have missed any of it. And yet, it is hard not to wonder if we were just pawns in a longer-term gain and that we were just naive when we thought that we were lucky and a marvellous man had bought our team and was going to make us great. How do you feel about that? Well, I think there's a couple of things.
4: They can't not be involved in it. So whatever they feel, yeah, they have to go along with it. They couldn't just say, no, we won't be part of it and everyone else is going to be part of it. Um, so maybe I am I would rather wait and see what their comments are to find out. There's ringleaders here and there's people going, well, we don't have a choice. We're going to have to join it. I'd like to know a little bit more about that side of it. I. When people say, well, no, none of us are going to be listened to uh, i think the very fact that i've never heard so many people say if we join this we ain't interested in football anymore or our team anymore is quite a strong message and as you know i i listen to talk sport i've never had a time when not one person or one pundit has agreed with any of this and we just pray it's a negotiating tactic how got saying if we were playing European league, we'd be bored stiff by the end of it. Cause you're going to play the same teams week in week out. There's no relegate. I mean, it's not, it's just going to be an exhibition in the end. And if it's going to be an exhibition, that's not our football. And I, I, I think they will just lose completely the fans all over Europe. So, you know, we get excited about the big games cause we don't know who we're going to play. And when we play them, it's a one-off and that's what makes football. It's the unknown, the surprise and relegations, the highs of the lows. So I, I, I'm just hoping. I think UEFA maybe have not helped themselves. First of all, we all hate UEFA. There's no doubt about that. There's, they need to get it out of their heads. They want um, this you know, fair play situation because there's no doubt it, this is something to get around fair play as well, maybe to create their own league. And we, we don't know how that one will pan out. So I'm, I suppose I'm just hopeful that common sense prevails and they negotiate with UEFA and we get the right one. Cause I can't stand the thought of an extended champions league with a bunch of more teams. That's going to make qualifying rounds even more boring than they are at the moment. So that's, that is a problem as well. So it we was, ain't getting the best of anything at the moment.
0: Yeah, it was it was lovely though today to be referred to as legacy fans, didn't you think? And, and it, it strikes me that much as you, what you said, David, is true, I'm sure for the four of us and, you know, City fans all over the country and the world, that we don't want to play Barcelona four times in a month. But if their target audience for all of this is sadly not us, um that might not matter and I just just following on from that theme David you made the point about did you know there's some ringleaders and then there's the followers Spencer do you think City did have a choice some of our fans wanted us to have said no don't they but did we have a choice
2: everyone has a choice but I, I think it would have been a brave choice to have um not joined this party um and what we really don't know is what all these conversations that have been going on in the background, because presumably for the last six to 12 months, there's been many private meetings between all the owners uh, talking about this. And the surprise in some ways is that it hasn't, um, you know, been leaked or we, we really didn't know anything about it. I mean, I certainly had not heard anything about it. I don't know if anybody else had. Um, so um, we, we feel very conflicted, don't we? We love our club. We're just assimilating this information uh, we feel emotional about it uh, we don't like to criticize our club and the truth is we actually don't know the full facts and flow of information here so um, it's a it's a slightly uh schizophrenic reaction for want of a better word um but certainly we feel discomfort um and we want to know more or we want to Uh, understand this properly and uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to be a little bit of patience as the days and weeks flow out to see what really is happening here or not
0: Sure. Graham, do you think the damage that's been done to the relationship with the funds is irreparable? Um, No, I think uh, as Spencer
3: said, it will will depend on the information that comes out afterwards, you know, who were the ringleaders how, more importantly how as we move forward, um what, what, what am I trying to say? Something along the lines of um if city if city are seen not as the ringleaders, if the chairman who's always come across as a really sensible bloke, every year his address to the fans. I was thinking of him today, thinking at some point in the next week, I would imagine, he personally will come out and say they will know they're not they're very, very good at business. What they've done, okay, the, the team on the pitch has been terrific, but actually what they've done as a business since 2008 has run it properly. And I would be amazed if they don't come out pretty soon because they'll they'll judge the reaction. They'll see us and see the radio like everybody else in the, in the press. So I would imagine City will come out with a statement fairly soon because obviously the other thing is, I was just listening before I came on, there was a couple of championship players talking and they were saying that obviously all the Premiership players won't have said anything. But we've got games tomorrow night and games on Wednesday night. The first question that anyone's going to be asked is about this. So the time for Manchester City as a club, or possibly the chairman, as it's such a big thing, will come out. I would imagine it will come out fairly soon. And I think if he if he if they give the right noises, then I think we'll be
0: we'll, we'll maybe we'll accept it. There is criticism, isn't there, that the club haven't. Often- posted anything on social media they put a statement on the website but they haven't actually given a view about any of this and uh, I was I mean it's a fast-moving story but I was just reading that apparently privately they've reached out to some fans which I can only assume means you know Kevin Parker or somebody like that sort of representative of the uh, official uh, supporters so we may as you say who knows where we'll be in two hours time never mind uh, as we sit here now um,
4: well, Sarah, just, oh, sorry. Yeah, can I just say one thing on that? I've uh, had the privilege to meet most of the board on a numerous occasions when I've been out in Abu Dhabi every year because they're always there and quite often in the same hotel, and I've met them. And I've met our CEO a few times, and I've heard them speak at the dinner table on the next table to me, and I've actually had dinner with them once. They, I have so much respect for them because I think they do generally love the fans, they love the history. Why do you think Mike Summerby's there? Because he brings that history. Why do the fans have the choice of the badge? Why they try to make us a better club just to run off and lose the fans? I,
2: maybe I'm not How do you reconcile that, David, with what's happened? How, you know, how, in your own mind. Because, because
4: I think they, they were the one, probably one of the last to come to the party and realise they didn't really have a choice. I, I think if they... Said so we're not going to be one of them. Then, if we do get this breakaway league, then they're going to be left in limbo. And you can't invest two billion pounds into a club and then suddenly say, Well, we're not going to play with all the elite. So, maybe that's you've got to give them that chance to answer the question, don't you? Yeah. And, and but I'm what well, all I'm saying is, I have personally met all these people and I was staggered how well they've run the club, how good they are with the fans, how they care. And you know, that's that's what We've got to wait and see and find out. So I would like to say I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point.
0: I, I, yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. And I think we're all, somehow I want City to be at the vanguard of bringing this to a you know, a shuddering halt. But I guess, again, we'll see what the next few, few days. I'm, I'm conscious there are perhaps slightly happier matters to have a conversation about so i'm going to move on are you sure about that oh well well. (laughs) (laughs) one one happier matter the rest of it's a bit um we'll be interested to see what you think but i i just want to i just want to read you a, a, a tweet that was on twitter earlier from dave wild make sure i give dave some credit i just thought this quote captured um how many of us are thinking and feeling at the moment he, he, his tweet said i didn't get terrorized at school pretending to be goater or horlock whilst everyone else was beckoned for this nonsense <laughs> i thought that was a i thought that was a good way of capturing how many of us are feeling and um, so shall we move on to happier topics there's only one, of course. There's a few There's a few unhappy ones we might turn to in a minute. But I think we, we should start with our victory against Borussia Dortmund in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Of course, who knows whether we'll be playing in the semi-final now with all the threats that have been issued today. But um, it wasn't straightforward, but it was a really good win and a good psychological hurdle. That we got over. Graham, start us off with your thoughts about the win in Dortmund. Well, let's let's
3: get on to the football matches. That's much better. Yeah. Um, I thought they were absolutely terrific, give or take, the first 15 minutes. And to be fair to Dortmund, they came out and they gave it a real go. I mean, they they the amount of effort they put into to the game is terrific, and they just ran out of legs. I thought as a city performance, it was I thought Leicester away was excellent, but I thought it was right up there as a played better away than they did at home. Um, they just looked a really competent team and I was interested by Royce's comments uh, the following day just saying that um, basically they just the constant possession means that they the opposition are are just by the time you actually get the ball um, you're into submission really and I thought the second half they dominated the game and once they (coughs) excuse me once they got the goal uh, the penalty um, which I thought was a penalty um, I think that uh, it was it, it it, inevitable was the wrong word, but probably less now biting once we got back to 1-1 because, if you know, we didn't look like we were going to concede after that and we always looked like we are likely to score. So, um, yeah, no, I thought they were excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah, sure. Spencer, when the 17-year-old, in case you were wondering, Jude Bellingham scored for Dortmund, were you worried?
2: Um, no, I was thinking. Never mind Harland. Let's uh, let's have a look at this fella. I mean, he is, is immense, isn't he? I mean, is he? You know, is there some sort of forgery going along with the with the birth certificate there or something? He really looks in both legs. Looks excellent, didn't he? Um, and Harland, who personally I hadn't really seen him play until these two games. Um, I mean, clearly he's a, a very very high quality player. We'll see if anything happens in the summer with him. But um, I thought we snuffed him out very well in the second leg. Um, and um, to to Graham's point, yeah, it was a very competent performance. And actually, even though we went in sort of down, you know, one nil down and technically out at half time, I thought that um, we were, you know, purposeful and we would we would we would certainly um, uh, not not go lightly. And in the second half, I thought we really um, imposed ourselves on the game. And, um, and yeah, when, when, when Mares got that penalty, I agree. Good pen, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I mean, terrific, terrific goal by Foden. I mean, you know, really, you know, you say, well, could the keeper have done better? I mean, the power on that shot, you know, it was, it was absolutely perfectly placed. Um, and I thought we closed the game out really well. So yeah, super happy. When, when was that? It seems like a long time ago now, <laughs> is not it? Uh, super <laughs> happy that uh, night.
0: Yeah, d- d- David. In terms of sort of City's better European performances, how would that performance at Dortmund rank for you?
4: I think I suppose you call it a professional, truly come of age performance, wasn't it? All the pressure. We lived with the pressure. We were behind. We didn't panic and. We actually looked like we were gonna win it. We looked like we were gonna do it. Where normally we don't for the last four years. We've never looked like we were going to. Um and to snuff out, you know, Haaland was tremendous. To stop him getting the ball and to to do what we did. And to see someone like Foden being involved in all the goals was again brilliant. And um it was very it's brilliant. And funny enough, I sort of feel I'd rather play at home first and then away in the second we seem to be better away than we are at home without all the crowds Mm. so I'm a little bit disappointed we got PSG away first um uh yeah we're away aren't we and then at home for the return I wish actually it was the other way around um so but yeah I mean it was great to see us play like that and you just got belief don't you
0: uh, it, it's Well, it's an interesting fact, isn't there, about the number of away wins this season and a number of teams have played better away. And, and it, it seems to be afflicting City now as well that we're playing better away than we are uh, at home, although um, our record at home isn't as bad as others. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Mahrez as well because, as you said, Spencer, what a penalty. And, I mean, every City fan, if we're really honest, when we won it, we were all dreading who was going to take it uh, And when it was Mares, we were dreading it even more. But that took some bottle, I think, to step up, take a penalty, hit it as well as he did. He didn't sort of do some daisy trickler and a daisy cutter and hope it sort of trickled over the line. It was a brilliant... He had
3: to wait a long time as well, didn't
0: he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know Mares is playing well at the moment, but I thought that was a sign of his confidence.
3: Yeah.
0: He did, by the way, he did
4: score, I think, a couple of weeks ago on the international break with a penalty. Um, which maybe gave him the confidence to take a penalty in a live match like that. So that yeah. might have helped his confidence.
2: He's got the right mentality, hasn't he? You know, they're all they're all mentally strong. They wouldn't be playing this level of football if they weren't. But you know, you can see Marez has got that. He's got the he's got the savvy. You know, I think he's. Please God, we go a, a further in the in, in Champions League. I think he's a he's he's got to start every game definitely.
4: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike
3: Cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool AF. It's quite difficult predicting Pep's team from game to game. It's even harder when they get a penalty. You have to look out as to who might be taking it. I mean, if you have... It's just different people every time. Well, we were a bit spooked because when Rodri d- did
2: that leadership thing, and that was very admirable, but he got away with one there. He just sort of <laughs> oh, trickled was, in, uh, and, you know. He's like, you know, but I thought we didn't want him taking another one. To be honest,
0: <laughs> just <laughs> please, the next penalty that we get, Amaris steps up. Please don't let him miss it. We just need a we need a degree of confidence in one person. So he's got he's off to a good start. I nearly
3: caught the ball at Anfield the last time I saw him take a penalty, so
0: there you go. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, let's let's move swiftly on from penalties, not our strong subject. Unfortunately, that win was sandwiched between two defeats, uh, Leeds at home, which I know was discussed on the podcast last week, but perhaps m- more worrying and upsettingly a defeat to Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final on Saturday with what can only be described as a limp performance. Um, David, start us off with your reaction to our performance on Saturday and our defeat.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, we really were poor. I think we just quite, I think we've all agreed that in the last 10 games, we've been getting away with it for a while, haven't we? And when he started to change seven, six, seven, eight men, we still got away with it. You don't get away with it against Chelsea at the moment, they're just too good to do that type of thing. And I can understand the Leeds game if you're going to change players for that, but can he honestly think he wants to win? You take this. He says, we want to win. We're going to take everything game by game. Yeah. But he didn't take that by game and game. He took that as what's going to happen in the game after and the game after, and I'll decide how I play my team. You don't make eight changes. If you're only concentrating on game by game, you're thinking, no, Champions League is more important and the league's more important or the, or the the cup next week. Because that was an obvious statement is I don't think he was as bothered, maybe, or as worried about getting, coming out of the cup. Because he knows if we'd won that game, we had another final to worry about and all the semi-finals and everything else. And maybe took a calculated risk. But it was shocking, wasn't it? Why? Why like leaves a week before? Every time we're getting attacked, suddenly, we look open again. We're getting beaten for pace, and and every time the other team seems to get the ball and get through us, they seem to score, don't they? They never seem to miss, and they always find a man. Now, when we were attacking, we couldn't find a man for anything, could we? We always seem to be completely outnumbered.
0: That's an interesting question, though, isn't it, Spencer? Because I mean, if you if you take Sterling's form and you look, you know. Sterling has been the subject of many discussions on this podcast over the years. And I'll preface what I'm about to say with, you know, he deserves huge credit for the many goals and performances that he's given us over recent times. So this is not just bashing him for the sake of it, but his form is woeful at the moment. And there was one moment when we were breaking down the right. He had a overlapping run. It was an easy, straightforward ball to for the for the overlapping fullback to just run onto and cross and he put it out of play, put it out for a goal kick. How is that Pep's fault when you've got players doing that, Spencer? No, it's it's
2: clearly not Pep's fault uh, in that sense, but Sterling's form has been um substandard now for quite some time, I'd say, you know, last five, six weeks. And so, you know, you have to question the rotation. I mean, I do have more perhaps more sympathy than, than others might with the whole rotation aspect. You know, the fact is, we're in. We were in four competitions, uh, and we need you know 18 p- fit players on rotation to achieve that. You know, we don't know um, the status of the players coming. Uh, you know, back off the Dortmund game. Uh, inevitably, fatigue um, sets in. You know, these players can cannot play twice a week, week in, week out. Um, and you know we will never know if Cape, the fact that Kevin De Bruyne was in both of those games, you know, could that have contributed to his fatigue? And now have we lost him for a few games. That's another story. Um, so I, I do think that we our squad is deep enough with the systems that we have to be able to cope with um, the sequence of games as we go through to the you know the end of these competitions. I just think we were up against a very good team. I mean, we've become conditioned, have we not? To we win every game, don't we? And it's terribly, terribly unfortunate when we ever lose one in thirty or something. And we've become a little bit um, sort of punch drunk on that sort of wonderful mentality. Uh, Chelsea played very, very well. They packed the defence. They had a good, you know, good, good, good game, good game plan, uh, and um, they're much improved under Tuchel, and they, they're on their own great run. So I think we have to accept that part of the reason we didn't play that well because was because Chelsea played very well. Um, and then I think added on to that, we had too many players who were substandard on the day and a, a couple of players who, frankly, you know, probably are not merited on their present form to be in that team. We'll say Sterling, we'll also say Mendy, who I think, unfortunately, we've sort of fallen out of love with him a while back um, and others who were, you know, six out of tens, you know, on the day. Mm. So I think that, that that's the collective reason. I think we have to accept um, we, you know, we were defeated. We, I do think we will regroup and I'm sure we'll come on to talk about, um, you know, the next game midweek and the Carabao. I don't think it's the the world didn't didn't end. You know, we lost the game. We were beaten by a better team on the day uh, and we have to sort of just regroup. And I would, you know, say, you know don't panic captain mannering you know we'll we'll regroup and we'll, we'll we'll go forward from now we just have to just accept it it's it's, sure. it's it's come it's
0: gone well as we've been discussing over the last 24 hours football would be very boring if the same team won every single match they ever played even though uh, you know we say we want city to win every game but it's the it's the excitement of winning games we don't expect to win that makes it really really special Graham, you know your views on the game but also just on the rotation Issue. Well, I think, a, can I just just ask you because there's a school of thought that what Peck does is start with a weaker team and then he has all his you know big guns on the bench, uh, you know as opposed to starting with the big guns, getting two 0 up and then taking them off. Any thoughts on the way he's doing rotation? I thought after the
3: Leeds game, and I totally understood all the changes for Leeds game. There's no problem with that, as far as I was concerned, but having them played so poorly, particularly the first half. Funny enough, against Leeds. Well, I thought, you know, Leeds are a very open side. Very few teams come to Main Road, come to the Etihad and, you know, are, are as open. And I thought we were particularly in the first half before the sending off really, really poor in the final third, which is, you know, the second half is more difficult, funny enough, because obviously Leeds with the 10 men went and defended. And a lot of the players using Sterling as an example, because they know they're not, it's getting to the stage of the season now. it doesn't make two or three changes. He makes seven or eight because he has a first team and a second team. It's, it's it's and even on Saturday, the two lads that he left in, or the two main lads he leaves in, obviously Rodri, but De Bruyne and Diaz, they're all what he's saying, you, you know, you've only got to watch to say he thinks they're the best two players, hence why he's risked them from Dortmund to the semi-final. And I I you know, we've all played sport. And if you know you're not the manager's favourite, I know they're all professionals, I know they're getting paid an awful lot of money, that's great but they're still only human. And so you can more or less feel them. I mean, even against Dortmund, Sterling in the last minute, he obviously, brilliant, great, had at his feet, ran 30 yards. All that bit was good. And all he had to do was draw back his right foot, which I suspect he's done a hundred times in training and hit it. And if he did it over the bar, fair enough, Okay, we will accept that. But to keep doing what he does and try to, it's more or less like he's so lacking in confidence. And then if you have a forward line that we had against Leeds and then we put it out against Chelsea and they were appalling Against Leeds, the front three. I just thought that was a bit disappointing, and I, we were really poor against Chelsea. And yes, Chelsea were much better, and they are a very good team here in the Champions League semi-final. But I did think that sometimes if you make wholesale eight changes rather than maybe four. You might it, it, no, no, listen. I'm never going to criticise Pep as the greatest manager, but I just having watched the Leeds experiment, which I accepted, I thought I thought that was a bit. I wasn't. I wasn't overly confident when I saw the side
0: I I suppose the the other question I wanted to ask all three of you just a quick one before we look forward to the games coming up is if we had to lose one of the three Dortmund away Chelsea or the Carabao Cup final which one would you have chosen
2: Chelsea, without a doubt. You're just trying to make us feel better, Sarah. <laughs> right? yeah. it's, not, it's not working. It's not working. Only because the Chelsea Damn, I game.
0: I you then. On, also, because the
4: Chelsea game means another game in the middle of May. Yeah, and that puts back then that day when we meant to play a midweek game. And if we're still involved in Europe, uh, it's a problem. Then, so actually, if you're going to give one up, you might as well give that one up with
0: oh, no, that. called <laughs> post-truth, policy. but there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we but manipulate not, it. We yeah, manipulate this, it to our own end.
4: Yeah. Can I just <laughs> say, say one thing on the Sterling conversation? I've actually been bleating on about Sterling for about six months now, and I was getting a hard time by some people, not necessarily on our, you know, on our WhatsApp, but on another group I do with and some other people, including my son. But I've seen him apart from maybe three months last season, he's been poor both seasons. He had a brilliant start last season for three months. And then he came back a bit at the end when it really didn't matter, but he had a dreadful bit in the middle. Then he started off again this season, again, dreadful. But when I say dreadful, you think you can count on your one hand, how many times he actually contributes to the game. And you've got, a 20 year old in Foden who contributes more in five minutes than Sterling, the world class player, contributes in the whole game, every single game now. So when we think about, well, was it Pet's fault we lost? Well, it's his fault for picking him. <laughs> he should have, and he let him play the whole game. Could he not see in front of him how terrible he is at the moment? And we're never going to win with Sterling in the team at the moment.
0: I think one of my concerns about Sterling is that when he's bad, he's so bad. Yeah. There are other, every player can have dips in form. You know, you look at Vardy, Vardy's not scored for about 11 games. He's not quite, you know, he's not playing quite as well as he's played in, in the past, but he probably contributed more to Leicester's performance yesterday. than Sterling has done in most games recently, even though Vardy didn't have a particularly good game yesterday. And, I think it is becoming a real issue, Sterling. just quickly, Spencer Graham, any views on Sterling and whether it's becoming a real issue?
2: Well, we've said it, haven't we? I think we're all agreed that uh, he's in a um, you know a poor, uh, you know, medium to long term of form. Um, I mean, he, you know, Sterling's a player who's built so much positive equity with us all over the last three to four years. So, and also he's quite entrenched in the England team, isn't he? I don't doubt he's probably going to be you know, picked up for every game in, in England. So, I do believe that when players dip form, you should let them um, play through that. I remember, you know, remember Ryan Giggs, you know, legendary Premiership player. He had dips, Alan Shearer, you know. So, he's only 25. He is an outstanding player. He's got all the skills. So, instinct says let him, um, let's back Pep's judgment of him. Uh, at the same time um he is a player that frustrates a lot uh, and I think we remember in the early days under Pellegrini when it was always you know check back every time every time not take the player on and then he improved from there so mm-hmm. having having been in one state then improving to go back for a sustained period we get very frustrated so personally I haven't given up on him yet but I understand those that uh that, that have that frustration, and of course, we're we're we you know we're all suggesting, aren't we, that uh, if the money was right, we would we would we would top him for another. I wouldn't, but I understand the argument.
0: Would you, Graham? Would you sell Sterling if the money was right? Um, if it continues,
3: I, I, I wouldn't do it just yet. If it continues on, the only thing I would say in a positive frame is that he, if you're playing fullback, and he was the man in front of you, you guarantee he'll double up for you every time. The lad runs and runs and runs and runs. I know that should be expected. And we've already talked about Mares. but you've only got to hear, if you listen to the the, uh, backroom staff, they spend half their time every game telling Mares They have to remind him that he has to work back. So if you were playing fullback, I'm not talking about scoring goals, I'm talking about as a defender, I'd love Sterling in front of me because I know that every single time he'll come back. So I don't, I've always got somebody to help me. He naturally runs backwards. Yeah. And uh, I, I think sometimes that can be forgotten. I know I know he's a, a world class talent going forward, but these days and particularly playing for Manchester City, you have to work hard and he naturally does it. He's very fit. He, does. he runs
4: backwards when he's in front of the goal, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs
3: backwards when he's supposed to run forward. that's
4: the
1: problem, yeah,
0: yeah. There <laughs> you I'll set you up for that. He <laughs> did waste it, David. Well done, well done. And, and of course, we, to be fair to Sterling, he wasn't the only one who had a bad game on Saturday. Spencer mentioned another player. We could probably add three or four to that list. So just in the interest of balance, he's not the only one that we could have a debate about, but uh, his problems seem to be particularly... Uh, particularly uh, acute at the moment, but let's hope for better things from Raheem in the coming up games. First of which is Villa this week. They're coming round thick and fast. We are still in the Premier League and still have uh, um, hopes that we're going to win it unless we're chucked out. So Villa away. Um, Spencer, start us off with Villa away.
2: Well, I mean, there's eight points now, isn't there, between us and, and Stratford. And um, I'm not going to say that... Uh, that- any alarm bells are ringing, but it certainly focuses the mind. And I, I just had this sort of flash of Kevin Keegan coming into my mind. You know, on that famous one with Manu, and you know, it was all sort of uh, the the stress of it was uh, was was closing in a bit. I don't think we're in that situation, but we do need to win this game um, and sort of just diffuse that 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 moment really, and then set us up for the Carabao. So it is important to recover after the Chelsea game. Uh, we are more than capable of, 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 uh, of beating villa um and um i might come on to talk about team selection but we need to regroup and to be fair to our team we have regrouped well after defeats this season mm. um and there's no reason to think that why we can't uh, do that this time so i am cautiously optimistic uh but also cognizant that we we, we, we need to put in a good performance against villa we need a win. It's no disaster if we draw. We do not want to lose it. Yeah, but let's yeah. let's
0: go for the win. And on the issue of team selection, Graham. Obviously, with the Carabao Cup coming up, do we go strong on Wednesday and then take well, people off? I,
3: I think strong on Wednesday. Um, as I say, with United, if United hadn't got three points yesterday, then maybe differently. But they need now a win just to settle things and be confident. Um, I think I think United were eight points ahead. The first year we won it. They were. He had six game. games. with six a game games mid-week and it came over. We were all at the, the same. Yeah, yeah. They lost to Wigan, Um in a really surprise result, which basically set us up to go on and win it. And just when I saw the gap yesterday of eight points, it just reminded me, and I thought, you know, we win on Wednesday. Of course, that will be done. I think I really do think that will be done. If they lose on Wednesday, it turns how United are going to play and how we're going to play in terms of their mind. So it's a really big game. I'd just go out and win it. i the sod Sunday for now and then concentrate on Sunday on Thursday morning.
0: But God, as if the European Super League wasn't bad enough, you're now, you're now giving us nightmares about United catching us and winning the league on the last day of the season in the 90, 93rd minute with a Bruno Fernandes penalty. There you go. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's right. hope not. David, any thoughts on Wednesday and how we handle um, it? Yeah, it... it
4: it's frustrating because it's now a must win game because you get to five points and then you think, ah, then we have got a problem. United seem to just keep winning at the moment and they're playing well and they've got the confidence. And uh, I do, it, it's a bit of a difficult one because we still want to win the cup on Sunday. And then we've got a really important game against PSG. So I'll tell you what, I have got no idea about team selection for this one. <laughs> because he's going to have to get it right. He's got a really difficult week ahead of us, haven't we? Um, And uh, yeah, we've got to win that one. So whether he starts or strong, tries to get a couple of goal lead, and then he can rest them for the second half. I don't know, but yeah, it it suddenly opens up again, doesn't it? And I I was always worried about it in the last two weeks, that they win the two games and you're just hoping we would get favour. And then you think Burnley yesterday, but no, and they keep coming from behind. We're not capable at the moment of going, coming from behind. I don't know what the stats are, but I would imagine United win every game when they come from behind, and we don't win a single game from behind. And that's why I get nervous now when we go behind in the game. And uh, I don't think we've won a single game this season, have we, when we've been 1-0 Dortmund. down? Dortmund. Dortmund. Oh, yeah, but in, yeah. The, in the in the Premier yeah. League, yeah it's,
0: yeah,
4: it's it's a bit worrying.
0: It's a good job we don't concede
4: many in there it? <laughs> well it's <laughs> it's, really it's really what worried. our game we we mm. seem to have a we, we the problem is we don't seem to as soon as we go one nil down we don't have our normal game plan and the opposition don't have their game plan but it seems for some reason I don't know why it doesn't happen to other teams but they just people just pat their defence and they just shut shot and we're not very good and maybe I don't know we're just not able to get that ball in the middle anymore are we? We've got to almost pass it in and I think we we lack a lot of height up front anyway, don't we? And actually, our wings now, we don't seem to be able, because we've got only very small players up front, we seem to struggle to get it in the box to the players. And if they block us on the floor, we don't seem to be able to score from it, especially when you haven't got the really creatives in there. So I don't know, it's a problem.
0: It is. So moving on to the... The, the, the key game, in a way, well, they're both key games, but the key game, the final next Sunday, um, Mourinho less to uh, Spurs. Could, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess is an interesting question. Um, I, what I will say with absolute confidence is we are a much better football team than Spurs, but that doesn't guarantee that we win a final. So, Graham, thoughts on the Carabao Cup, prospects of winning, what difference will Mourinho being gone make?
3: I think that'll improve that team. I think I think that the Spurs players were struggling under Mourinho. Um, so I think that that they will improve um for having I think they've got a couple of lads out that you know used to play. So um and as far as if we play well, which obviously on the back of Chelsea and Leeds, but if we play well, I think we'll win comfortably. Um but as David said slight concern that if City concede and even at home when we played Spurs and we completely dominated the game, Harry Kane hit the bar from a free kick because obviously he's got the talent to do that, presuming he's playing after his injury. But say even if they get a goal from the free kick or a corner or something and we go one down, that would be a real concern for me.
0: And, and should we? Sure. David, do you think Kevin De Bruyne's potential absence, I mean how important will that be if he's not fit for the final? Well, it's
4: hard this one because we were very good without him, weren't we? Um and when he was out and then he's been so magnificent again, you think how are we going to cope without him? But if we remember how well we played previously, um it, that's got that's what gives me hope. But we are now playing world class teams, aren't we near the end of the season or in certainly Champions League. It's the it's Champions League that worries me more than the other ones, I think, because that's when he really can turn it on. And, um, you know, and also, he's one of the best players in the world, and if we're without him, so it's a shame. Mm. Um, I, I think also the other thing is, it's a bit like when we play against Spurs, when Kane is out, Son seems to be exceptional when Kane's not there. And he always does it against us, doesn't he, Son? Yeah. And that's when Kane isn't playing. So I'm not quite sure about that one. And also, in some ways, Merino is able to play better against us with his setup. But then they're going to start playing all the best players. I think Deli Ali will now play. He'll put Bale on. They might be a bit more attacking, and that might help us or it might not now. I'm not sure. <laughs> so it's quite interesting now, isn't it? I mean, has anyone ever, ever won a cup as a manager in their first ever game?
3: They got a game on Wednesday.
4: Have they? Yeah. So it won't be the first ever game? Oh, no. they
3: got a game oh, on that would have been
4: really it? interesting, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah. That would if... be a great quiz question, yeah. It would have been <laughs> a very interesting one then. <laughs> Um, Spencer, oh, you find it. any final thoughts on Tottenham and how we should approach the game well you know it's, it's 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 a wild card game now
2: as much as anything uh you know new manager Kane out as, as uh was it david or graham was saying son always produces the goods against us somehow um so we've had some amazing games against spurs i won't mention the, the past champions league uh, crazy games we've had but I think it'll be a good game It'll be attacking, you know, it'll be a second game. Remember these players now are, 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 you know, sort of reproving themselves to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, the new interim management. Um, so it becomes a wild card, uh, you know, game. I think, I do think on form, we've got more than enough to, to beat them, but we would say that about almost any other team that we were playing. So it, it's sometimes form goes out of the window and it becomes more about mentality and fight. Um, I that's why I do believe we need a really good lever point off of the Villa game to get confidence into that game and to play, you know, anything approaching our true potential. I do believe we will will win the game and, it, and, and you know, and, and keep up that sequence of amazing results in the Carabao. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident, but there is a wildcard card element to it. And so, and I, I've got also this feeling. Pep will make some very quirky team choices. Don't ask me what they are, Sarah. I've got absolutely no idea.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, you've brought us to an end on a almost a note of optimism and positivity, there, Spencer, about the ban, or notwithstanding Pep's quirkiness. Um, Thank you very much. What what an action-packed programme. So much to talk about. I think we've pretty much covered everything we could cover. Uh, Some of these topics I know will recur in future editions of the Man City Show. But for now, I'd like to thank my guests. First of all, Graham. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Graham. Spencer. Thanks, Sarah. And last but not least, David. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
3: This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.